Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Kalamazoo, Michigan campus. For more info on the church, visit newdaycommunity.org. Good to be home. I can't stop calling it home. It just happens. It just comes out of me. <laughs> I think... I was telling first service, I'm very, very excited because I chose the perfect Sunday to be here because there's pizza for lunch today. See, Sarah, Sarah started recognizing that when she ate wheat, it wouldn't do good things to her body. So she stopped eating wheat. And when that happened, our pizza intake just just fell off the face of the earth. And, and so I look for every opportunity to be able to have pizza. So anytime you guys want to have pizza, I'll be here. I'll just show up. I'll fly in from California for that because I, am a love, uh, I love pizza. Well, I was with New Day Vine last night. We had a great time. And after New Day Vine, what did we eat? We did. Sarah I will eat a lot of pizza. That is one plus one equals two. So, yes. Um, it's like First John 3, 1, when God says he lavishes his love on us. I feel lavished by the love of God by my pizza intake this weekend. <laughs> oh, yes. Um... So I just had a couple words that I wanted to share with you guys. I felt like God was speaking to me. Um, I said this to the worship team in first service, but I wanted um, everyone to hear it. Uh, I just felt like the, the worship, I felt like God was saying that the worship team is going to carry and release the presence of God in such a way that people walk into the atmosphere and they just get healed uh, physically or emotionally without anyone having to pray for them. And, yeah, that sounds good. Thank you. I like that. I, you just, you just, I'm just going to stand right over here. You just keep, you just keep amening me. That's good. I love it. Um, that was an invitation, if you didn't get it. <laughs> Amen. Uh, but, but, so Sarah and I led a team to Portland of 30 students, and we, uh, we, there was one girl on our team that was, She's a part of the school, but she's been clinically depressed the whole time during school. And it was like, man, I'm usually really good at connecting people with people and kind of, you know, just making that connection. And I just felt like there were walls. I felt like I couldn't get in. I couldn't connect with her at all. And then we find out, oh, she's been dealing with the, this depression thing. So... One night, we went to a, a service. We were kind of leading it, but the church, the host church, they actually were doing the worship. And the next morning, we were sharing testimonies, and she said, uh, being in that worship service last night, I, could f I, I felt it lift off me. I felt the d depression actually lift off me, and she was completely changed. She was a, like literally a different person. She was full of joy. Nobody prayed for her. There was no prayer. It was just the presence of God. And so, actually, yeah, is there anyone here that just has um, deals with depression that wants to get that off of you today? 
Anyone? Yes. Okay. Do you guys mind just standing up? We're just going to quickly bless you. Yeah, those people that dealing with depression. Thank you, God. All right, yeah, so we're all the body in the church. Can you guys just jump up really quickly? Grab, just lay your hands on these guys. Just keep your hand up until somebody yeah, pray, gets to you. Thank you, God. Thank you, family. This is awesome. Yeah, Father, even as we saw an amazing miracle, a breakthrough, where someone was just in your presence, just being with you, that 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 actual clinical depression where doctors had said this is what's going on and had diagnosed in a certain way. Father, I just thank you for relief from that. That today forward, there is relief from depression in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for freedom. Thank you, God, that there's free. It's for freedom that you've set us free. Thank you, Father. Thank you for that testimony and how the testimony of Jesus, it is the spirit of prophecy. A testimony prophesies that, it's, that it can happen again. It speaks it into existence. So we say, again, God, do it. Do it. Break depression today. Break the power of depression, Father. I pray that you'll impart truth to people's minds where things that they have believed have actually had an impact on their depression. Thank you, Father, for truth to be released in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you for being bold and standing up. You guys, I know sometimes that's, that takes a lot of courage, so I really appreciate that. But, yeah, God's God just sweeping through with relief. I just keep hearing the word relief. There's relief coming. Woo, all right. Um, yeah, so Audrey, I just had a word for you. Yay. So I heard God say you're a woman on fire. Woman on fire. Do you guys think? I hear, I see nods. She's a woman on fire. And I saw, um, I, I just saw you carrying a suitcase full of fire. And that you're gonna, you're actually gonna travel, and you're gonna go to places, and you're gonna, woo, man, you're gonna just, you're gonna get to wherever you go, and you're gonna open up your suitcase of fire, and you're gonna like take an ember out of it, and you're gonna light people on fire where you're at, and the fire that you leave in places isn't gonna burn out, because where you're gonna deposit is gonna be places of, that it, it's like God's prepared them for you, it's like God's prepared good wood. So you come and you bring a fire and you just light it up. And then you're going to close your suitcase and you're going to go off to another place. And you're going to just leave fire there. So I just, I just bless you to be a fire starter, a fire carrier, a fire reliever. In Jesus' name, amen. Woof, man, I feel emotional right now. Uh, Mark, I had a word for you. Awesome. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Um, this is funny. This is good. I felt like God said you're a ma magician. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So, but God, this is what I heard him say. He keeps planting, he p keeps planting things into your sleeves and into your hat, and you don't know where they come from. 
but they're from him. And you just pull them out, and you're like, oh, where did this come from? And it's like, and everyone else is like, where did that come from? And it reminded me of the disciples when they had gone out and done stuff, and, and um, they came back. Uh, they, the people around them were saying, who are these men? And it says they were uneducated, but you're educated, so that doesn't, that doesn't count. He said they were uneducated, but what they did, they must have been with Jesus. And I just have the sense that you, your relationship with Jesus is going to overflow, and people are going to go, I don't know about this guy, but he's been with Jesus. And what he brings is, is, has, is because he's been with Jesus. Uh, I felt like God said, you're a revelation releaser, People are going to be in awe of Christ in you, and they're going to be inspired by how God uses you. So actually, they're going to go, oh, I'm, like, I, want to be mo- I want to be used like that. Like, it's going to inspire them to hunger for God like that. Yes. And then uh, just a word for the church, and I shared um, part of this this morning, but I just felt like God said that hunger is increasing. There's a turning of hunger in this place even in this, even in the region, it's, it's for this church specifically, but it's also for this reason, region. There's a hunger that's increasing. And I saw a picture of a chipmunk that's running around, going and grabbing nuts and like stuffing them in their mouth. And then like going and getting another one, stuffing it in the mouth. And just this, stu- this constant stuffing of nuts because they're hungry. They want something. They're going after it and they're just... Stuff and stuff and stuff and more, 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 more. I want more, I want more, I want more. So I just released the more of hunger over this church and this body. That hunger will be what defines you. That hunger for God will be what, what, what people know. They're going to be like, ah, oh, that New Day church, those people are hungry for God. It's a gift. It's a gift. Amen. Okay, all right. So just a little bit about us. It's actually four years ago this June, so next month, that God spoke to Sarah. I woke Sarah up in the middle of the night, my wife, and said, hey, we, uh, he said, you're going to go to the West Coast, and you're going to go to the school. And Sarah's like, what in the world? And she told me, and I said, no way. That ain't happening. <laughs> We're not going to do that. And it took me six months of processing of my, my engineering mind. I've got an engineering background. I worked for Consumers Energy for uh, 14 years. So my engineering is like process, process, plus I'm just this processor. But six months it took until God, let's see, I don't know, finally got through to me maybe. <laughs> What's that? He should, yeah, God should have bribed me. God should have bribed me with pizza. <laughs> there isn't good pizza out there, honestly, too. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, and so there was this, uh, we were actually, it, I, I didn't want to leave this family. We didn't want to leave this. It's like, I still call it home. I can't help it. It's just what happens. It's just what comes out of me. I still call it home. And when we left, we felt like, and I've said this before, but the, the Ents from the Lord of the Rings, you know, like, they're, like, they're coming out of the ground, and they're like, it's like uprooting, and that, that sound of like, man, deeply rooted trees being pulled up and moving. That's what we felt like. And so, I was, I, ironically, I was watching, uh, we went to a movie with the family, it was December, 
and I, we were watching the, one of the Lord of the Rings movies, and I came home afterwards and just walked into my room, and all of a sudden, I just this flow of thoughts started coming into my head, and I'm like, oh, this isn't me. Uh, this, these are not my thoughts. This is God speaking to me. And um, he said a bunch of stuff. He reminded me of a prophetic word that was given 15 years before about leaving the hands of my work to go to, the, to work for the kingdom, to go into the ministry. And uh, so I hadn't been thinking about that prophetic word. I hadn't, it hadn't even been in my realm at all. And all of a sudden, God just brings it back to me in that moment. And he also said... Uh, there's a satisfaction that you have with your workplace right now. Like you get, there's a satisfaction out of that. But I want to increase that satisfaction. I want, I want to invite you to take a step of faith so satisfaction actually increases. Connection with him actually increases. Because he's faithful when he invites us into something. He knows what's on the other side of it. And honestly, I, I'm just so thankful that we did what we did. I'm so thankful that we quit jobs and sold houses and moved across the country because what God's done in me in the last few years has just been uh, overwhelming. I've, I've just learned a new level of rest. And so I just want to bless you guys today. If there's steps of faith that God's calling you into, if he's, if he's asking you to take big steps of faith, can, obviously, you're going to submit it to leadership. You're going to make sure that God's been speaking clearly and, and there's a good God story or there's a lot of things in line with what he's asking you to do. But I want to encourage you that you can take a step of faith and it's worth it on the other side. It's always worth it on the other side. So in the first year of the school... We, uh, we were, the whole school's divided down into groups of about 70, and so we were in this group of 70, and there was another couple in the group, and they're from Namibia. Their names are Chinaville and Bronwyn. Chinaville. I've never heard of anyone named Chinaville before. He is uniquely and beautifully uh, amazing man. Um, but... But so Chinaville and Bronwyn, and they, he's 43, she's 39. Now, they had been trying to have kids for a bunch of years. And they had been praying and believing God, and they had gone to the medical doctors, and they had um, basically, over the course of time, figured out that he had some stuff that was needing healing, and she had some stuff that was needing healing. And so with their combined problems in their body, they were saying that there's hardly a chance that you're ever going to get pregnant. Like, this is basically impossible that this is going to happen. And so, you know, that group of 70, we prayed, and obviously, as well, Sarah and I have been trying to have kids, so we all prayed together, and we believed God, and we were stepping out in faith, and just, we became really close with them, really good friends, because we had in common this, this breakthrough that we were going after and praying for. And two and a half years later, so this past December, they get up in front of our class, and they say they're pregnant. They got pregnant. And she's like, oh, she's like eight months. She's, she's re one month away from having a baby. And can we just thank God for that? Like, that is, that is a miracle. That's a, that's a real miracle. Past childbearing age, um, medically nearly impossible, and they get breakthrough. Is amazing. So this morning, I want to talk about how nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. 
Let's go to Ezekiel 37. I'm going to read parts of this. 37 verse 1, Ezekiel. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of dry bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? When God asks you a question, lots of times Ezekiel's answer is a good one. Ezekiel said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord." So I prophesied and I was com- as I was commanded. And I, as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them. And skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. And then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man. And say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, Come breath, come from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me. And breath entered them and came to life. And they came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. So the context of this scripture is, this is obviously a vision that God is taking Ezekiel into. Ezekiel is currently in Babylon with, remember, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, those guys. They're in captivity right now, and he's, he's prophesying to Israel. He, so God's given him a vision of what's going to happen with Israel, that the things that were dry were going to come to life. And that breath and life was actually going to come into these things. So lots of times, God gives us a picture of what it's going to look like in our lives. He gives us a vision for what things can look like. And it might be metaphorical, like in this example. It's God is giving this metaphorical example. And it's going to be, but that's what's going to happen with Israel. And so, here's here's what I love. Verse... uh, I think it's verse 2. Flip back to verse 2. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. I want to say that in the impossible situations in your life, God's not afraid for you to see how dry the bones are. He's not afraid for you to see how much lack there is in a certain area because that's where the miracle is going to happen from. And so I think a, a lot of us, we could point in different areas of our life and go, oh, that's a super dry area of my life. I wish that there was life in that area of my life. Verse 4, God commanded Israel to speak to the dry bones. Then he said to me, prophesy to these dry bones. Prophes- prophesy, prophesy, that would be good. I don't know if prophesying would do anything. Uh, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, Hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. I will make breath enter you. You come to life. So he, 
God is telling him, he's giving him a tool, which is a tool that we can have too. He's saying, speak to the situation. Declare over the situation. Uh, Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life is in the power of the tongue. So just as much, we always focus on the death in the power of the tongue, what not to say. But just as true as that is that life is in the power of the tongue. Life is in the power of the tongue. So we actually are given a, given a tool, given something to proclaim life into situations that are dead and that are dry. It reminds me of Romans 14. Uh, this is talking about Abraham. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed. The God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. He calls God actually has an example to us, calls into life things that were not. It's like uh, when God created the world, where did he start? He spoke it. He spoke it out. He declared light and life. Verse 9 says, Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come from the four winds and that they may live. And I was feeling like there's, there's some of you where you've been going after a certain area of your life and you've seen breakthrough. Like you've seen dry bones kind of rise up a little bit. You've seen um, ligaments and sinews and parts, things coming together, but it still doesn't have life in it. That actually, so you've seen progress, but God wants to breathe life into those areas today. It, if that's you, can you raise your hand? Were you f awesome. Can you guys stand up too? That's great. I, 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 I set you up by asking if I, <laughs> you could, I could you get you to raise hands. So, all right. And so let's, let's do it again. Let's just go pray for these guys. If the rest of you guys could just go join, join these people that are standing up. So areas of, of your life where you've seen some progress and you've seen some breakthrough, but today God is actually going to breathe life into those areas. God's actually going to pour life in. So Father, yeah, let's just all just agree together. Father, we just agree together for life to come, for life to be released in the name of Jesus. Release life. Thank you for what you've already done. Thank you that we've already seen progress. God, thank you that there's already been movement. There's already been dry bones that are actually coming together, and there's actually flesh, and there's actually, there's, we actually could see things moving. But God, today, I pray for life to be breathed into these areas. In Jesus' name, life to be breathed into these areas. That from today forward, they'll go, wow, that thing that I saw progress in, today was the day where we, where we went to the next level, where there was actually life on it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you. We're going to do a little stand-up, sit-down, fight, fight, fight today. So if you, if you can't tell already, <coughs> no. <laughs> I heard go blue. And I'm a, I'm a Michigan State Spartan. So there's more of you than me, but I can, I can take you. I can take you. All right. Another, David and Goliath. So another example, everyone was looking at Goliath as, uh, um, I mean, he was, he was taunting the children of God. 
He was challenging God. He was challenging the strength of God, the power of God. And, hey, Saul, the king, who's supposed to be the representative of God, is afraid. And the armies are afraid. These are the choice warriors, the ones that are trained for battle, the ones that have been through battle, the ones that fight the fights when they need to be fought. And they're coming up against this giant, okay, for our case, this impossibility in our life, all right? If there's impossibilities in your life, it's like a Goliath. And, I mean, Goliath, he was, he was intimidating. He's a big guy, pretty big guy, right? Oh, it's stretched. Oh, that's all right. He's still a big guy. And so first Sa- this story of David and Goliath is in 1 Samuel. So verse, uh, uh, chapter 17, verse 11 says, On hearing the Philistine, Saul and all were dismayed and terrified. There was a real fear that was in the troops. There was a real fear that was in the people. And you know what? They were the ones that actually... God was behind. Like, they could have taken down this giant. And verse 24, when all the men of Israel saw the man Goliath, they fled from him and were greatly afraid. <clears throat> so David comes up. Da, 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 da. Here's some food. Here you go. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> it's delicious. And, and he's, he's, he's like, what's going on? What's going on? It's good food. Good, yeah. From the homeland. <laughs> and he hears this Goliath taunting the children of Israel. He's like, what? what's going on? Like, why hasn't anyone dealt with this thing? Why hasn't anyone dealt with this person that's attacking God and attacking his integrity and, and, and who he is? And David, I mean, okay, he's like uh, a farm boy. He's taking care of sheep. I mean, he's got killing a lion and killing a bear underneath his belt, like he's done some stuff, right? So he's got a little confidence. But going into a place where it's an army, it's a warrior that is ready to fight and is, and is inviting someone to fight him, that's a completely different world. But you know what? David looked at that impossible situation and he said, you know what? This, this can't stand. I got to do something about this impossible situation. And you know what he does? He calls his own shot. He declares something. Ready for this? 1 Samuel 17, 46. He says, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. He doesn't just go, I'm going to take care of this guy. He calls a shot. He's like, I'm going to cut off your head. He makes a declaration into what it's actually what it's going to look like. The, the power of our words to speak to impossible situations. Ezekiel, David. Faith sees. He saw something. He saw something. And I don't know if, you know, I don't know if David actually saw a picture of it in his head of him cutting off Goliath's head. Maybe he did. I don't know. My, the friends of ours that got pregnant, they, three, two months before they, they got pregnant, they started calling each other mom and dad to each other. They started declaring truth over each other. You're a mother. You're a father. They actually got, like, an outfit out because they had been given. Over the years, 
of trying to have children, you get gifts and and they had this outfit out and they they took a picture of it and they actually produced it and they put it up in their house and they they're believing they're saying this these clothes are going to get filled. These clothes are going to get filled. They were declaring something. They were declaring the impossible situation. And the distance between now when I believe something is true or God speaks something to me and the promise being fulfilled, that's where our faith gets strengthened. That's the unknown territory, right? That's like, okay, God, you've said this is true. I believe this is true. I'm going to walk this path. How long till it happens, God? Right? When's it going to happen? Because I believe it's true. And for them, children are a, pro- they're a promise from the Father. They're a promise from the Lord, right? And so they're like, God, you've spoken this. This is not, yeah, this is, this is your will for us to have children. And so they just continue to declare it. They continue to declare over their bodies and speak it out. And then they got pregnant. They got breakthrough, you guys. All right. What areas of your life do you feel like there's an impossible situation that needs to be conquered? Is there an area of your life? I've got to remind myself how much time I have. Yes. Um, is there an impossible situation? So just, just allow God to, to bring that to mind and think about that. Hebrews 11 Talking about how faith sees. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and confident in what we do not see. So what's that talking about? That's talking about what we don't see with our physical eyes, right? We'd, we haven't experienced it yet, being confident in that, even though we haven't seen it with our physical eyes. If you go on in Hebrews 11, Hebrews 11 verse 8, and then eight, I'm going to read 8 and 10. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive... As his inheritance, he would later receive it. He obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. (laughs) Kind of familiar. And then you go down to verse 10. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder were God. He had vision of something that he wasn't currently experiencing. And so he took a step of faith into that way. Verse 13, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them, saw them, and welcomed them from a distance. Think about Noah. That would, um, that would take some faith, some seeing what others don't see. Uh, the, the guys who do Back to Genesis, they say there's never, there was no rain. There was no rain that had ever, ever fallen before those days. And God speaks to Noah and says, rain's coming. I don't even know how he knew what rain was. but So rain's coming, build a boat. And that took a lot of courage to obey God and to take action to build a boat when there hasn't been rain before. That's faith. Verse 24 of Hebrews 11, By faith Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter, 
and skip to the middle of verse 26. Because he was looking ahead to his reward. Verse 27, by faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw whom he saw him who was invisible. He saw him who was invisible. Sorry, is that weird to anyone else? <laughs> he saw him who is invisible. God gives us vision of where we're going. He, get, he speaks to us about where we're going. And then faith r- rises up in us because faith sees that thing and then goes after it, those impossible situations. So, yeah, Romans 4.18. So this is Abraham, and Abraham's story is close to my heart because Abraham did not have children for many years either. In fact, he didn't have children until he was 100. And I'm thanking God that our friends didn't have to go through that, and I'm praying that we don't have to go through that. (laughs) Romans 4.18 Against all hope, Abraham, in hope, believed. And so he became the father of many nations. Verse 20, Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. There's something powerful about having hope when you're going after a promise, when you're going after something that God's seen or God's given you. I want to read this crazy story. In the 1950s, some of you might have heard it before, Kurt Richter, a Harvard graduate and John Hopkins scientist, did a series of experiments that tested how long rats could swim in high-sided bucks of water circulating before drowning. So the water's circulating. Dr. Richter found that under normal conditions, a rat could swim for an average of 15 minutes before giving up and sinking. However, if he rescued the rats just before drowning dried them off, and let them rest briefly, and then put them back in the same bucket of water, circulating water. The rats could swim, so, he, so they, the first one died after 15 minutes. He put it, he dried it off right before it was going to go down, put it back in. It says the rats could swim an average of 60 hours. Hours. 15 minutes, Down. Rescue it right before it goes down. Put it back in. 60 hours. It, the rat, if a rat was temporarily saved, it would survive tw- 240 times longer than if it was not temporarily saved. This makes no sense. How could these rats swim so much longer during the second session, especially just after swimming as long as possible to stay alive in the first session? Dr. Richter concluded that the rats were able to swim longer because they were given hope. A better conclusion is that the rats were able to swim longer because they were given energy through hope. The rats had a clear picture of what being saved looked like. They had a clear vision of what it looked like. And so they kept swimming. So I was reading in Luke 1 when Gabriel 
comes to Mary, and Gabriel says, you're going to be with child, you're going to be with Jesus. And that's the verse where it talks about how with God, all things are possible. With God, nothing is impossible. And then what does, what does uh, Gabriel do? Gabriel actually gives Mary a testimony of similar breakthrough. It's in Luke 1, if you want to see it. He says, look, your relative Elizabeth is pregnant with child. He actually says, this promise I'm giving to you, look, you can see. There's been breakthrough in that same area for you. He actually gives Mary a vision of what it looks like. Gives Mary a testimony of what it's going to look like. And in that moment, it was at the beginning of this year, God speaks to me and says, China Bronwyn, that couple, that's your Elizabeth. Seth, they're your Elizabeth for our breakthrough to have children. And I say, yes. Do you guys agree with me? Yes. 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 So my question to you today is, what's your Elizabeth? Who's your Elizabeth? What situation in your life do you feel like is impossible? And somebody close to you, it may be someone close to you or not. I mean, in our example, it was good friends of ours. In, in you know, Mary's example, obviously, it was a relative. Who's your Elizabeth? What's your Elizabeth breakthrough, your Elizabeth situation that you can hold on to and go, God, you did it there. It's a testimony for me to hold on to. We had other friends. I, I, we shared this this test that that story with them and they actually had been trying to have children for three years um both them and their sister had the same problem uh getting pregnant and the sister had already gotten pregnant but this this couple that we were talking to hadn't so they walked away from that and they said okay my sister their breakthrough their pregnancy that's our elizabeth we're going to believe god we're going to see the breakthrough. We're going to believe God. We're going to have hope for that breakthrough. Three weeks later, they're pregnant. Three weeks later, they're pregnant. So awesome. Yeah, it's not a magic formula. It's not a magic formula. But anytime we focus on what God is doing and what he has done, that that brings faith, that in increases faith and hope in us and that's where breakthrough happens thank you so you guys just stand up everyone stand up and yeah just um just think about that area where you just need breakthrough in your life where you where you've got maybe an impossible situation it could be like a relationship that always is, or is never good. There's always conflict. There's always problems in this relationship. It could be a physical need. It could be pregnancy. It could be, yeah, an impossible situation, a challenging situation. I'm just going to ask God to give you what your Elizabeth is, what your testimony is that you can hold on to that, that close. So, Father, yeah, right now, in these impossible situations, Father, we just stand up to these impossible situations. 
And we ask you, Father, to give us vision for what it looks like for that giant to tumble down. We ask you to give us vision for what it looks like when breakthrough happens, God. And I pray that you will give us the hope, <laughs> that you will actually impart to us hope. In Jesus' name, that there will be an impartation of hope today. That we can have the energy to press on, to keep going, to go for it. The energy to not hold back, God. To believe what you've said is true. To believe the promises that you've spoken to us. The promises that are in the word of God. The things that have been spoken through the word of God where we can go, man, that, like, children are an inheritance of the Lord. That's a promise. Thank you, God. We stand on that. And I pray right now that you just bring to mind what the, who the Elizabeths are for us, Father. Yeah, just open the, our, our spiritual ears, our spiritual eyes to see like we've never seen before, God. To have vision like we've never had vision before. In Jesus' name, amen.